welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, director of facilities is kind of a nice way of saying Joe Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. what does the director of facilities even do? Well, like I said, with the Joe Dirt, you get to do a little bit of everything. Um, you know, from maintaining the building, um, trying to keep the, the students clean, uh, safe, um, keeping the church looking nice, um, making sure that uh, you know the parking lots are maintained, uh, not just here at the church, but uh, at some of the other old sites as well. Awesome. So what do you like most about being here at St. Edmund and, and working in, in Holy Trinity Parish? Um, well, to be honest, the, the church was what brought me here, but I, I really do enjoy being here in the school. I think being in a, a K-12 campus is... I'm excited um, to watch kids you know, from kindergarten make their way all the way up. It's going to be an exciting process. This, this first year, you know, obviously with COVID, uh, you know, kind of haven't uh, been involved as much as I'd like to, but uh, starting to do a lot more with, the, especially with the elementary kids, and then you'll watch those kids develop and, uh, and hopefully uh, impact their lives is something I'm, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it's kind of like a hidden joke within the high school. We always say, when it, Jason's everywhere at once, but when you're looking for him, he's gone. <laughs> That's right. Everywhere and nowhere. <laughs> so, Mr. Slinker, tell us your story about how you got into the church and into the faith. Okay. Um, I guess being here, I, I came to the Fort Dodge area back in 2008. Um, I probably wasn't, uh, you know, at that point, kind of like a lot of people, had, you know, when I had got, gone to college, moved away, probably wasn't as, uh, kind of let the face slide a little bit, but uh, met, my, met my wife here. Um, we started dating, she started coming to church with me, um, and it, uh, I don't once uh, that, once we started going to church and really in, in laying roots here, uh, we got married, and I decided I wanted to wanted to stick around in this area. Um, really, uh, I think made an impact. I mean, my my wife did the RCIA program, um, and during that, actually, her her mom was moved enough that she joined the the church as well. So that uh, that was kind of a need to see of how. Um, as you know, when we were getting married and, and how that process went, how it impacted some people around us. Um, but what brought me here, I guess what brought me to the to working for the church and for St. Edmunds would, uh, I'd probably say, with the, the, the good thing out of the pandemic, um, I guess not being able to receive the Eucharist, not being present with that, I think that had a big impact on me. Um, so a couple years ago, back when uh, Father Pat was here, he had a men's summit, and uh, during that he uh, we talked about um, adoration and uh, about some programs we have like Exodus 90. So at that point, I, I started to do the uh, started to come into adoration just to kind of get rid of all the noise. You know, that adoration is a is a good time to just have basically some face time with the Lord. You know. And that kind of got me a little bit more deeper involved with things. Um, I did the Exodus 90 program um, in fall of 19. Could you uh, explain that Exodus 90? No, just for the viewers, I guess. Yeah. I had a couple of family members that did it too. Yeah, um, so Exodus 90, there, there's two different times we do this. Um, there's, a, there's a fall program leading up to Christmas, and then there's a, a spring program that goes basically from the shortly after the New Year into, the, into Easter. Um, so that's 90 days of, of abstaining from 
quite a few things, um, but just removing some of those distractions from, uh, you know, from, from the Lord. So we uh, abstain from social media, um, pop, you know, alcohol, um, you know, sweets, things like that. Um, it's really and uh, you know, TV, a lot of those different types of things that. Um, People say they don't have time to, to get somewhere to do something, but uh, really you do. You know, mm-hmm. It's just time management. So, um, but shortly after that first uh, that first time of doing Exodus ninety, um, New Year's Eve, I was coming home from work, and as I was turning off the highway, I look up in my rearview mirror, and there's a grill of a semi. So I was rear-ended, and from what people tell me. I kind of I hit another vehicle that was stopped at the intersection, barrel rolled, and the one thing I can remember for how long it took is it took a long it took enough time for faith, hope, and charity. You know, I did uh, three Hail Marys throughout that entire time. Gripped the uh, gripped the rosary hanging from my mirror, and uh, actually I still have part of that rosary, but the beads were cracked because that's how hard I was holding on to, and I. Barreled through um, some people I, I came to. Um, I really didn't lose consciousness um, and got up. Actually, crawled out of my uh, um, the window of my truck, and everybody around you know, they they told they told me to find a to find the body is one thing, but find somebody living, breathing, and climbing out of the vehicle of uh, of their own accord was was nothing short of a miracle. So. Uh, that's, uh, that's powerful. <laughs> it was, and that, you know, that's that's kind of, I guess, why I uh, why I came here, is that there was a big, you know, sometimes surviving something like that, there's almost a guilt that can go along with that, you know, because you know I've, I've seen uh, you know going to going to church actually the next day, you know, I see families that I know have lost somebody close, and there's a there's a big. Why me? You know, yeah, why? Why was guilt? Yeah. There, there, you can have you kind of feel that guilt for a little bit. Definitely. Um, so, when a couple months later, um, you know, this this job was uh, presented to me, and it it just felt like that was what I needed. You know, and then obviously with the with the pandemic and not being able to to go to mass and receive the sacraments, it just everything just kind of came together. So, this has really been a been a good good career change for me. So you mentioned adoration for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about your experience with adoration? Yeah, I think with adoration, it is just uh, it's a time to just decompress, um, and there, there's no right way to do it. Um, you know, sometimes I come in with the Bible and just kind of you know, read a few verses. Sometimes I you know, just go in with my thoughts. Sometimes it's the rosary, but uh, you know, don't be nervous about you know, going in there. Um, yeah, everybody kind of has their own way of doing it, but it's just some time, quiet, um, especially right now with all the noise in the world, all the, all the media stuff, it's, it's time to just you know, have that one-on-one with Christ and just listen and be receptive. Um, I guess, do you want to explain to any listeners what adoration really is? So adoration is when there is the exposition of the Eucharist, you know, the, the, the Lord is in what's called a monstrance. Um, it's in the, either in the, the chapel or um, 
out on the altar in the, in the uh, nave of the church, um, depending on you know, how many people are there. And uh, when we have it for the school, it's it's out in the main church, but we tr traditionally do it in the chapel because there's usually only two guardians because um, that's the, the whole thing is, you know, what, um, with the Lord being exposed and uh, susceptible, we, there needs to be two people there at all times uh, praying. So, And that's part of, I guess we can go and transition into perpetual adoration, which is trying to uh, start coming into our parish more. Yes. Um, currently what we have um, coming up tomorrow on Friday, um, it'll... There'll be exposition at 8 o'clock in the morning. That'll go through noon on Saturday. Um, but what we would like to have is to have perpetual adoration, basically have knowing that um, there's going to be two people uh, praying there with the Lord at all times. Uh, there's a lot of good things that can come of that um, in parishes that have that. Um, a lot of increase in vocations um, in those areas and just, uh, just some you know, general positive outcomes from having that within the parishes. And so people can still sign up for that right now? Yes, um, there's actually about nine spots still available. So, um, and you know, the way the church is set up now, things are secure. You know, after four o'clock, people are given a code to go in. Um, you know, when I first started, sometimes doing those early morning ones over, you know, over at Sacred Heart may be a little intimidating. But uh, you know, we have the lights on in the parking lot. We have the, um, you know, we have a code. So people that maybe you know a little apprehensive and thinking that they wouldn't, you know, they don't want to be somewhere with a, a limited people there. Um, you are safe and secure. The three questions we like to ask each episode. Uh, the first question we like to ask is, who is a favorite? Who's a mentor or role model that has inspired you? Um, First, probably say my my grandpa. He was uh, he was a pretty hard nosed guy, but uh, he always always made it to church, um, and you know, just never never sweetened things up. He he was pretty pretty straight with me at all times. Um, somebody within the school, I would say, um, you know, cause I, I pride myself on usually being like one of the first people here and and uh, you know always moving and going, but. Uh, yeah, Mr. Wagner, he, he really puts a lot of work into you guys. I, th I, ho I hope that the students here appreciate what he does because he is in here a lot of hours. He, put, he invests a lot of time, and it shows. I mean, you, you guys all are uh, you know, pretty enthused within his programs, but uh, Definitely. that guy, that guy is uh, <laughs> he, he's something special. Uh, so mm -hmm. It's very blessed to have him here. So from your time here, Sedmond, can you tell us like a favorite memory you have from being here? I guess early on, um, you know, I, I got a thank you card from a student, you know, saying thank you for keeping me safe. And you know, at that point, you know, the beginning of uh, the school year with COVID, it was, you know, tensions were kind of high. People were nervous, so um, to get that first little bit of recognition that somebody behind the scenes, you know, that I'm helping somebody feel safe and secure, that's uh, that's that means a lot because it's not just maintaining this building. It's you know, this building is nothing without people in it. So yeah. as long as I'm keeping, you know positive attitudes and things with that, that's, that's very important to me. And for our final question, we'd like to ask if you have any advice you'd like to share to anybody listening. Um, don't be afraid to fail. You know, um, what's gonna, what haunts people uh, most time in life is fear of rejection. They let that uh, just cripple them. You know, they don't even try because they're that fear of somebody saying no or uh, you know, what's gonna be the outcome. Um, you know, 
if, if somebody saying no is, is the worst thing, then big deal. You know, let's you know, don't be afraid to you know get out there. Um, but yeah, fear of that fear of rejection is a big thing that uh, you know you know when I was in sales, that was a, something that you know would keep people from achieving their goals. Um, even you know it comes to you know the, the soft spoken guy having you know having a, the, the prom date, just hey go out there and ask, right? What's the worst that can happen? So don't let fear of rejection hold you back. Well, that being said, we'd like to thank Jason for joining us on this episode of the Galecast today. I'm Sean Flattery, joined by Brock Stonic, and thank you for listening. Thanks, guys.